podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Start your morning fresh with Wendy's $3 Classic Breakfast Deal. Choose between a classic sausage, egg, and cheese or classic bacon, egg, and cheese. Then pair that breakfast sandwich with a small seasoned potatoes for just three bucks. So ditch the pre-made and start your day with made-to-order. Choose Wendy's and start fresh with a $3 Classic Breakfast Deal. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only during breakfast hours. U.S. price and participation may vary. No substitutions. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets, tío. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Welcome along to the Tuesday Club. We are only approximately 11 minutes late, which of course, as we all know, is Dublin time. So we're bang on time as ever. So it is 9.45 in Dublin. And um, for all you English viewers who are joining us after watching England play a football match against Switzerland. And um, this is the Tuesday Club. And the Tuesday Club, is, of course, is brought to you in association with Redsbet. Redsbet is a betting site tailor-made for Liverpool supporters. Redsbet aims to share half of their net profits with Liverpool supporters and fan causes. So no matter what, the fans end up a winner. Check out the odds on Redsbet or download the Redsbet app. Share the glory and remember of course to gamble responsibly right look it's the international break weekend and um, the lads at Redsbet have given us a bet which we'll talk about as when we get on to the Tottenham uh, Hotspur and Liverpool preview later on the show and uh, we'll throw it out there we've actually got two bets to throw just because it's a special this week just especially for you guys but in the studio tonight I am of course joined by um, a, w- a lot of wonderful lads wonderful lads that's all I can say <laughs> wonderful true. lads and a lead um, <laughs> and uh, who's come all the way from um, South County Dublin so um, I want to hand it over of course to my first guest and tonight it is of course Shane Davron how are you Shane you keep it well eh? it's good, good well, to see yeah, you in the studio yeah. Yeah. I think you were uh, first choice yeah first name on the team yeah sheet. I'm good yeah good. that's your my David Fairclough of course next in line Jamie Home. good oh, to have you back in good. come on into the mics there I hope the book has changed, lads. It has, just yeah, a bit, hasn't it? Just a touch. <laughs> do, you, do you like it? Yeah, it's good, mate. It's good. Yeah. Very hot, very warm. It is warm. But it's, it's, it's insulated for winter. Okay. And we are getting into winter. I was told this evening, sure won't be long, love, until we have to put the heating on in two weeks' time. So that's what I was told before I left the house this evening. I said, you're mad. It's just a bit darker than normally, and it's not actually that cold. Women are fucking mental. Stephen Daly, it wasn't. I was talking to my daughter. Um, Stephen Daly. <laughs> She's a woman, too. She's only a child. Um, Stephen Daly. Hi, Phil. It's good to see you back. Great to see you. You've been a, you've been Hello a, to all of our viewers. Know, you've you've oh, is that way you look? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the see, see that camera. See, that's that's, the, difference. that's yeah. the difference. That's professionalism right there. I know how to address the camera. You know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No I was trying to teach the lads last week that we need to go full ESPN style and yeah. not actually look not at each other. Not talk to you. Yeah, so how are you full? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Thanks yeah, yeah. for asking. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Of course, that's what you've been waiting to use that. 
Oh, three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> At least three weeks. At least. <laughs> Four months of a man. Look, I, I'd love to start off and say we've got loads to talk about on the pod tonight. Um, but we're just going to wrap it up there. So thanks for coming. Yeah, so that's, so that's it. That's, uh, that's it. Good night. God bless. <laughs> but uh, of course, it is the international break, or as I call it, IBS. It's, it is. It's the same as Airtel Bell Syndrome. Will you stop trying? Look, the people can see it. It's not like you can lift well, it. Uh, rehydration is very important, Phil. <laughs> yeah. Rehydration is key. Well, if, if, if what's that, crowd, that share of water stuff that Stephen Gerrard promos and nobody else drinks in the world? Angel Revive. Grant, if Angel Revive want to give us a sponsorship deal, we'll stick the Angel Revive. No problem. Just, just to let anybody know, we are all about product placement. There's a lot of desk <laughs> space here that's empty. A lot of products could fit in here. Give us a shout. Right, um, right. So on tonight we're going to do something different. We've got the random topic hat, uh, topic generator. Yeah. We, we were meant to get a top hat, but the, even though Steve, I was fairly posh. I left my top hat at home. Fairly posh. I was yeah. playing football before I came here hat. today. No, I was playing football, <laughs> so my my tails and top hat were at home. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to stop off. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed because I I got a piece of paper and cut the little topics. No, I'll have it next week. I'll bring in the top hat next week. No problem. Even use the pen to write yeah, it down. Yeah. I know I have two different top hats. I've got like an old Dickensian. Why am I not surprised? By this. Yeah. And then I've got a smaller top hat. <laughs> but it was, I don't a, think it was a measure hat. of your stature back in the day. So bad Tory, I'm a massive one because I'm a giant Tory. <laughs> You're a bad Tory. You was in Royal Ascot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Royal Ascot. Oh, I went to the Epsom well, Derby was, as well. He was in the Queen's Cup. I, I was in the Queen's box at the. <laughs> and that's of course why you started will. slightly later this evening after the watershed after the watershed well I'll tell you that story later yeah yeah we're on our corners um, but anyway look on, on, on production duties tonight so if the sound is shit or, or the camera angles are all wrong of course Gav. Gav Doyle is on it so he's on it blame Gav yeah we blame Gav but we'll, we'll bring Gav in later but Gav is going to throw out the topics so the topics are numbered 1 to 10 even though there's only 8 of them and um, <laughs> <laughs> don't want to know what 9 and 10 are um, and we're going to do 5 Right, so I'm go, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through the trivers and yeah. you're gonna, each going to give me a number between 1 and 10 Okay. and then we'll get the topic off Gavin that manner alright great so I'm going to start with you Jamie Home because it is your first night in the bunker ever um, what, give me your number between 1 and 10 8 8 Gav Doyle what is the topic on number 8 <laughs> you're laughing at <laughs> worst rated LFC player aha uh-huh. so let, let me explain this one this is your worst player who was rated by everyone else for LFC. So who's at your the moment? Any time. Any time. We're, we're limited to when football was invented, the Premiership, right? So okay. that make it easier. Oh, okay. can I go? Yeah, you can because you you, you sure out. Oh, is it only me? No, no, no. But you no, know, okay. no. This is how we work. We all talk. Uh, Mamadou Sacco. Mamadou Sacco. Mamadou Sacco. Go on, expand. You can't just say Mamadou Sacco. We move on. I think the football hipsters had him painted as Maldini reincarnated when in reality he played like Bambi on ice. He was dominant in the air occasionally, mm. but was accident prone and a liability. Did you discuss this with Damo? Does Damo raise him? Yeah, he was a centre back. Yeah, but does he rate Sacco? Yeah. Oh, does he? No, I've never, never uh, had that discussion with him, mate. Mm. I've had it with plenty of people on Twitter now. Mm. He's very popular on Twitter. He is very popular, is Mamadou Sacco. 
but now he lives in the Crystal Palace country. Known for his country. painting capabilities. <laughs> it is. It's Noah. If ever there was a, an NFC player who we needed in this bunker when we were building it, it was Mamadou Saku to come in and lash the paint on. <laughs> Poor old Steve, I was doing <laughs> oh, himself. Did a great job, though. Did a great job. Yeah, it's beautiful. How'd you paint? That was. I remember the size of the paintbrush you used to do. Yeah, very small. Took me ages. It took you ages. Very precise. Getting getting the 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 shading and everything right, and then of course, in case people watching the golden sky we have in the corner, that was a nice little touch. Ah, listen, I was singing the song. Yeah. Walk on. <laughs> <laughs> Walk on. Yeah. Is it up to me now? So I don't yes. race. Yeah. Um, Can I just actually, bring that one around the room though? What does everyone agree there? Or do you? I, mean, I, would, I would. I would definitely. I looked at him at times and thought, yeah, he looks really impressive and uh, high standard. And then other times he looked just, you know, mediocre. And you're right. You, you know. He had this ability to to make things look more complicated than they needed to be. Mm. He he, you know, I used to, I used to complain a little bit about Emery Chan doing that as well, inviting pressure on himself. And I think Sacco had an element of doing that. He would he would maybe hold on to it or just let the the forward close him down a little bit too much before he moved the ball. And just yeah, he, he, to me he was okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't pick him out top. Oh, yeah, I don't think it's uh, level wise. I think he's an okay centre back. Mm. It was more based on. The, le- the how people rate him, where they rank him, rather than his actual ability. He's a, he's, he's a Crystal ba- a Palace level centre back, I would say, at this moment in time. I thought, though, I think at the time, though, what I liked about him, I liked him, but I agree that there was there was times and games you look at him and like, what are you doing? There? <laughs> but I, th- I did think at that at that time when he was in the team under Rogers, when he was on the gear, yeah, <laughs> under under Rogers, and it was kind of after in between kind of Suarez had left and we were struggling a bit. I did find him very important that he was he was kind of the only one who was able to get get on a ball and thread a ball through to the team mm. kind of on the half turn. The other side was Scotland that weren't able to do it. So I thought he was good at that. I, th- I think the one thing I'd say about him is he hasn't looked a player that shouldn't be at Crystal Palace. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you think back to even the likes of Gary Cahill um, who got his move from Bolton to Chelsea and he stepped up a level yeah. and, and other players like that who've come from a lower league team Rio Ferdinand going up I'm not that's a little bit different he broke a world record for his move but he went from West Ham to Leeds Leeds to United you know what I mean Yeah, yeah. he was taking a step up and always looked above the level he was playing at Saka was dropped down to Palace and you'd be looking at him like Caballé went to Palace and you were saying he's, he's a, he was a class act for 6 or 12 months yeah, in the yeah. middle of the park not with Saka mm. he looks like he fits in there Sorry, Phil. It was your choice. Bored uh, Martin Skirtle. Bored Skirtle. Who rates Skirtle? Loads of people. What? Loads of people. Did, did he get player of the year on you? He's a warrior. He's fucking, he's, a, you know, last that ditch tackles. He's this, he's that. Puts his head where people won't put their feet. That sort of shite that you heard. To me, he was just constantly kept our defence 10 yards further back than it should have been and was actually a windbag. The amount of fucking lads that bashed him. Big, big, strong centre forwards. Um, that bashed him in the Premiership was outrageous, and yeah, just for me, Martin Scarlett. I, 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 I didn't know anyone rated him. Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't have him down as a rate him. He was absolutely horse manure. Yeah. Shane. <laughs> oh Jesus! Terrible memory. Uh, just pick anyone. I'd be controversial. Yeah. Right, but I'll temper it. But no, I will temper it by saying when this person played in the front three, he was absolutely deplorable, and that was Lallana. I when he played in the front three, not when, not when he, when he, and that was seen to be kind of the position that he for, when, that he played when he, ca- when he first came in. Yeah, no, I'm with you on this, and I've said it a million times. I think I think he went something like one goal and. 
Champions League games or something Champions like that. Champions League finals is a prime uh, example again. I know in, he's in been the phone three, but look, at when he did drop back and he was kind of the leader of the press as our Twitter fans may be coined the leader, of, leader the of the press are you going to do like the Grease song and just change the fucking he's leader the leader of the, of the press and all the just running around running around no when he was when he was coined to that he he impro- he, I thought he improved. No, he was, he, put, he was really, really good. But in the fr- in the fr- in the front three, I, I thought he, he looked really a little good. lost. I think he looked a little lost, and he always looks a cut back. And I think yeah. I, I think it was more adapting to the way that we were playing. Um, I just don't think he he fits that position. He yeah. likes to keep the ball, and it was slowing everything down. We were talking before the yeah. show. He suits mid midfield much more because he's got the ability. Yeah, exactly. You know, when he's in that front three, he has to beat a man mm. and go on and get a shot away or, or or play the final pass. When he's when he's in that midfield three as the most advanced of the three, then he actually has options in front of him and he can actually dictate. He's he's a great man to be in a tight space and yeah, work his way yeah, out yeah, of it yeah, or play yeah. a ball out uh, and take two or three players out of play. With with a threaded ball, but in that top three, yeah, he was in the in the front three, he was, he was really really square really pegs round yeah. holes, oh, struggled awful, struggled awful. badly, yeah, struggled badly. And you saw it again the Champions League final. <coughs> he came on and was we we had ten men for most of that game. That's I, a, that, that's a tough ask. Though. I know it was, and he was only coming back, and I understand that. But it wouldn't have mattered if he was fully fit and you'd put him in that position. He'd have had zero impact. Look at me dying to defend him. And I'm not knocking him because I really like him. And I said I said last season that I didn't think he'd be sold in the summer because I thought Klopp had taken responsibility for the injury for rushing him back and I think he still gets another chance this season even though he's just had another setback but yeah Phil what about you? I have a list <laughs> no, why does, no doubt why doesn't that surprise you? all goalkeepers <laughs> well because where do we start? no I, I, like literally you could just take the Nazis and you could have a whole fucking squads of, of yeah, players yeah. that were rated that are utter shite like do you know what I mean I personally I, I never rated Mike alone and I've said this I know a lot of people ah, put that see but this is the, this is my point I've never rated Mike alone he was fucking he, more player of the year <laughs> at the club I never, literally the ballon d'or a second the question was who was the player that you don't rate that you think was no go on put your case forward then I didn't like Mike alone as a player I thought he fitted a very agricultural style of football which is what Jared Hulier played and he 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 had disgusting football and ideals and and beliefs. So right? you, that's because you hate Julia. I don't care. But the whole thing is a long bond merchant, and it was a, it was pure pace. Once he lost his pace, his game disappeared. He was nowhere near top level centre forward, right? So uh, for me, it was all about pace. He spent loads of times injured. You still got to finish brings, the ball though, Phil. Brings, hang on, I didn't interrupt when you were working on the tackle, right? Fair play. But Michael Allen, for me, anyway, is the worst player. He was rated, and we were talking about rated by other fans. I, I'm giving my point of view. I don't think he was as good as people make out, and I never. I want to look back at him now. There's nothing that I see and I go, "Wow, he was amazing." Whereas I can look back at Robbie Fowler and look at the things that Fowler did, which, which was truly amazing. When you look back at the old pictures of Steve McManaman and see what he did on a football pitch, again, truly amazing. What Michael Owen did when he broke onto the scene was an expl- was an explosive kid who scored a lot of goals in flashes. But he never, never fully utilised his talent and never fully realised it because he was highly reliant on, on pace from the off. And, and the club didn't look after him with the injuries he had. That's near here. Now. Just ask but, to say, but to say that he was purely Dork a pace emergence, him, yeah. if he's through on goal, he's still got to finish. And he was an absolutely top-notch finisher. Gabby, Gabby Agbonlahor was a pace merchant. Yeah, but he I remember, I remember loads of mistakes. You don't get moves to Real Madrid if, you, if, you, if you're not a half-decent footballer. He went and sat on the bench at Real Madrid for the best part of the team. He scored goals, though, and he saw game time. And that, you know, look, at, look at the very, team he was in. Very, that was very little game time. That was the height of the Galacticos. They brought him to put him on the bench as a backup to somebody else. 
they didn't bring him to be a force team player. I think it's fair to say when he left Liverpool, that was quite, that was really kind of the, not the end of his career. But hang on a second. Hang on a second. We got Antonio Nunes as part of that deal. Whoa. Don't you forget it. <laughs> okay, next. One. Next. Okay, one. next. Moving on. On, on that bombshell. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Daly. Mike Trap. <laughs> Stephen Daly. Uh, Give me a number. Number five. Number five. Kevin. Number five. Manager's ego versus arrogance versus belief. Okay. Ooh. Let me explain this one, right? Please, if you would. <laughs> I can't remember right now because I came up with it anyway. <laughs> Please give me a moment while I try to remember what I meant by that. As I said to you earlier, if As you I just said, use your words I know. when writing these I things, did. I, I used the words, help. but I used them out yeah. of my mind and I got yeah. now. Essentially, right, the great managers, the best managers, have a level of arrogance and confidence about them, right? And yeah. belief. But that's fed by an ego, right? So what do you you look at? It, people talk about Mourinho's arrogance and his ego now is greater than what than his ability, right? We look at Klopp. Klopp is a manager in the prime of his managerial career. Nobody talks about him being arrogant. It's all about belief, and it, we don't talk about ego. We talk about personality, right? That will <coughs> very quickly turn once results start don't go on his way and there's pressure comes on him. So for you, what is the best blend of of, of the managerial psyche? that you want to see in, in a top-level manager? Ooh, okay, so I think every top manager has to have an ego. Simply, they have to believe that they are the alpha in the room. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't think you get to the level. You know, you look at... There's no way Alex Ferguson ever felt that he wasn't the alpha there. When he felt that he was being challenged, he moved those players on. Same with Jose Mourinho. You look mm-hmm. at him. Jurgen Klopp, you, I don't know because I haven't seen him win enough he won a couple of titles with Dortmund, mm-hmm. but he hasn't been a serial winner in the same way. But you, you look at managers like Carlo Ancelotti, yet again, a manager, when you look back and when people talk about him, he was the pinnacle of a dressing room. So there has to be an element of ego. Of course, there has to be confidence because similar to, to any player, if a manager doesn't believe in his own systems and his own approach in what he wants the team to do, that being the correct way to do it, then he's never going to be able to succeed. Mm-hmm. And he said confidence. Sorry, yeah. and confidence, ego, and what was the other one? Belief. Belief. They're kind of similar. Confidence and belief are, are, are very similar. Like I, I think there, there has to be an element of a manager looking at a long-term philosophy and saying, this is how I'm going to... If you, if you, yet again, let's go back to Mourinho. He had a way of playing, and every club he's gone to, he's looked to implement that. It hasn't worked at United. It worked everywhere else he went. Mm-hmm. He went in, set up a very resolute defence, Built on that, won a league, went fucking mental, pissed off. That's that's literally what his, his, his MO was. You've worked with a lot of people in the game as well. What is it for you? Um, I, I think it's how you have, like, when people say ego, particularly in the professional game, it's really what they're talking about is dealing with kind of the press. That's when, when they're out in front and centre, they're in press conferences, that type of thing, interviews after games. They, they Like, the top managers have it in different ways in relation to that, you look at Pep would be very kind of standoffish to the media, very soft-spoken, he, he just wants to get out, you can see, he just wants to get out of there. Klopp is obviously very exuberant, he gets people laughing, etc, uh, etc, et and then you've, Mourinho was always playing a game, it's, it's always a, it's always a game with him. Mm-hmm. I think uh, when you're talking about that, it can be very different, but in relation to in the dressing room, like what you said, you, just ha- you have to be the alpha, mm-hmm. and dressing rooms, no matter what level you play at, if you're a spoofer, you'll be yeah, found. You'll be you'll be found out very, very, very quick. So you you have to you have to be the alpha, and you basically have to have belief in what you're doing. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, 
Yeah, go. Jamie, you talk some about the poo and the tactics board before. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be the nicest thing I've ever said to you, mate. <laughs> what would your blend be for? Uh, per, yeah, personally speaking, I I always prefer a, a manager that uh, puts an arm around you. Um, and I think that's one of the key traits and I think the game's changed a little bit now I don't think you'll get the likes of a Fergie and I think you'll see now you're seeing it with Mourinho he's trying to dominate players and I just think dressing rooms and football has changed now there's too many egos in the dressing room there's too many different types of characters as a manager to be successful you've nearly got to be able to adapt to the different personalities Mm. in the room and I think that's what Klopp does fantastically well it's like kind of this siege mentality one club kind of uh, routine not sort of self-centred like Mourinho it's very much the Mourinho show it's not about the players it's about him I think that's a I, I think that's dead in the water now I think the game's evolved um, and as, as Shane said I think in a football dressing room there, there's no hiding place if you don't believe in yourself you the, the players will start to talk you'll get little clicks in the dressing room they'll start sort of feeding off what you're saying so as, and you've seen I think uh, I watched the City documentary Guardiola made a comment he turned around and he said even if I don't know the answer to something I'll pretend in front of the lads that I do know the answer so they have confidence in me and my philosophy and that's the thing no matter what happens on the football pitch you've got to keep true to whatever your philosophy is I think reg- 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 regular viewer Kevin Sullivan says not fucking Roy Keane that's for one. Yeah, well, that, that's that's a prime example of somebody who has stayed true to his way. Mm-hmm. He has a way as a player, and he has and and somebody brought up the Van Nistelrooy quote in his his book there today. I saw where he's talking about, you know, he's talking about how he was asking Rude ahead of his, his, his semi final, why you're not playing, and Van Nistelrooy says, oh, I felt my knee last night, and he's saying, I'm there, my fucking hamstrings hanging off me, and of course I'm going to play. And he said when he taught back on it, he thought that's how yeah, that's how yeah, Van Nistelrooy yeah, yeah, went yeah, on to play yeah. till he was thirty nine or whatever. Mm-hmm. He, the, the European players looked after yeah. their bodies, but mm-hmm. he doesn't change his mindset when he becomes a manager because he doesn't care about it's not his body. He wants others to sacrifice their body for the good of the cause. Mm-hmm. He's about the cause, and it's it's probably uh, delivered incorrectly at times. Mm-hmm. But I think the mentality and the psyche behind it is correct. That's yeah. Okay, let's move on to Shane's shows. Shane, uh, give us a number between one and ten. One. One. Ooh. Gav Doyle. Half full or half empty? Now, half full or half empty, right? <laughs> In relation to what? Liverpool. <laughs> Jamie knows the answer with me. I'm always half empty. I didn't want to say anything, mate. I'm always half empty. Shane was full, <laughs> left half empty. Um, right. Your normal approach to things, are you a half full type person or a half empty type person? Depends on the, the situation. Bit of both, but okay. when it's coming to Liverpool, it's, it's definitely half empty. Half empty? <laughs> yeah, because I've been, I've been hurt so many times. <laughs> you started off full. Run deep. Started <laughs> and just, and uh, just worn down with the half empty. That's why I'm not half empty is quite far wins and the bounce. Being half empty at this stage is actually quite positive. Yeah. Because you've got half. Still half there. Still left for half. Because we've been running on tents for a long yeah. time at this stage. <laughs> and not Henry the tents. Patron Santa Campan. Jamie, <laughs> if you say half empty, I'm going to throw a camera down at The well, most positive. Yeah. You're no, you're, uh, the question to you should be one and a half full or full. Yeah. It's not <laughs> I just think football is about, it's, it's there to enjoy. Like I, I love Liverpool Football Club and I'll always believe that they're going to win the, the football match and it doesn't matter if they play shite I'll say they play shite but I'll always look for a positive because mm. otherwise what's the fucking point 
that's that's why I've been involved in football since I was seven years old because I fucking love it. Mm. Uh, particularly Liverpool Football Club, they they could do no wrong in my eyes. Five years involved in football. Thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> I know the kids have aged me, uh, but Jesus. <laughs> Steve, I'm a half full man. Sometimes if I'm pissed off after a game or whatever else, I might have a little pop about something, or if we're watching a match, I might have a pop. But I am. I, you're very general. reasoned. I would say, like you're you're reasonable with your outbursts. Yeah, like I, I I might give out about something, but generally I'm positive about football. But I'm positive about most things in life. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't see the point in being a pessimist. And but you know what? Most of us are naturally built a certain way. We're naturally built to be pessimistic or optimistic or center. And I'm probably on the optimistic side. Mm. Just I don't see the point in. I, I believe in dealing with a problem when you come across one rather than waiting for a problem to happen. Mm-hmm. So Why worry about something that hasn't happened? Exactly. Just exactly. fucking enjoy yourself. But yet again, I'll still have a fucking meltdown sometimes when stuff happens with football. But in general, I don't tend to get stressed in, in terms of... Phil's just what waiting. What, 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 what about you, Look at the smirk on your face. How would you, uh, how'd you <laughs> say you represent the half Just like me then, Phil, yeah. I, 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 like for me, I'm neither half-empty nor half-full. I literally... I, I wallow in people's misery so like when things are really shit I like winding people like you Jamie up who are positive more than anything <laughs> it never, it never you, works to be honest with you right? <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can't you can't wind up a naturally negative person right because it just, mm. it just they, they can always find negative in everything right but a naturally positive person you oh. can turn that dial from 10 degrees to 5,000 degrees in the in, space of yeah, time because I can, I can pick I can sense right when you're pissed <laughs> off right and all I have to do is go Poke. It's, poke. it's because you're going at someone negative and just go, yeah, Phil, yeah, right, it's a lot of The problem with Jamie is that he, he he finds the most ridiculous things to be positive about when it's been like, we've been beaten fucking 5-0 by Spurs. <laughs> and, and he goes, yeah, but to be fair, Firmino's new hair was nice, wasn't it? And you're just going, really? Farino's hair. Do you know the moments? Do you know the moments where I realised I'm a tit, right? Is Phil turned round? This was after probably three years of him winding me up and making it his sole goal to make me leave the WhatsApp group time and time and time and again. And then be re-added. He turned round to me. He turned round once and he goes, "Do you know sometimes I'm actually not even watching the match and I just send, <laughs> <laughs> send a message into the group and I know he's doing it, but it still pisses me off." I, I have texted Jamie. Hendo's been fucking shit, Phil. Like, I've been in WhatsApp groups, right? And I'd be in the group and I'd, I'd throw a bit of stick at Jamie and then would send him a message separately going, don't bite. And then he would read my message and then go into the group and go fucking racking. Like I literally just told you I was winding you up. He gave you all the tools to not leave the group. Oh, I, have, I have to let you in the secret. Half the time when I don't watch the match, I just see what the previous comments have been. And I go... Follow them. Yeah, somebody's bound to be fucking active. Yeah. I just, I just pick the normal. <laughs> the and, and, and genuine, no, normally like the the, the, the reliables. Normally, when, normally when Alden was nowhere yeah. to be found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic field show. <laughs> yeah, Phil, he wasn't in the eighteen today. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think that, I think what people need to learn is that. For, you can have more fun with the half full type of people than you have with the half empty. Right. What's your number? I'm gonna go with number six, Gav. The most overrated European league. Yeah, this is a good one. Um, like most people would say, it's England. Well, if if you're a football hipster, right now, and I, I know I'm a huge fan of the German league, but the way 
I've, I'm at the stage now where I think most European leagues are, are completely overrated. Outside are the, the top five teams in each league. Yeah, well, that's, how do you look at it? Like, yeah. you look at, you, I think you need to go down probably to your open league level and have a look. Yeah, and look and at see, what, what's, see, what's from, say, 6th to 11th mm. to really compare the standards of leagues. And on that basis, I would potentially say, and I am a huge fan of it, the, the Bundesliga is probably the, the most overrated in that instance. Because the drop-off... Yeah. the drop off. Now the drop off from from say the top three teams yeah. to the ones below it is huge, yeah. and it's a it's a much bigger gap than say the other teams. But like Peter and Kev is saying here, Spain, Spain, Spain. But you look at Spain, there's always nearly three or four teams that are challenging for the Champions League positions that tend to do well in the group stages in the Champions League yeah. in the following year, which would indicate that there's a le- if you take away the top two super teams in Spain who have all the money in the world to spend, that there is the level to go below that as well. So you know, but they they uh, you were using the Europa League as a as a barometer as well there. Um, they've regularly Spain, over the last while Atletico Madrid Sevilla have mm. been dominant in the Europa League as have the English teams in the last while they've been at finals and and been strong like you look at Fulham you look at um, you look at Liverpool you look at Man United in the last 10 years that's that's three there's probably another one that Arsenal didn't get to the no but that's three that have been in the final over the last mm. 8, 10 eight, eight the only years. to look at for me anyway talking about Germany what we did to Hoffenheim last year Really, like was annihilated. The problem with people might pick out France in Germany. People people might pick out France, but so many people say the French league is a joke of a league, and PSG should piss all over it every season. You know, so is it as highly rated? Yeah, it doesn't. It's not in the same. It's always seen as a low. You look, you go England, Spain, Italy, Germany, and then you go. Okay, France are still going to go into a Champions League final and semi final in probably the last 10 years. For the French League, then, is it actually slightly underrated? Because their teams tend to make the quarterfinals of the Europa League on a regular basis. Yet it's never ranked as, say, one of the top three leagues. If you look at the UEFA mm. um, sort of league standards in terms of where the leagues come for, what's UEFA the coefficients like? Are they getting four teams or three teams in? Three. So three, you've got, yeah. I think, um, you've got Germany and Italy who are quite close. You've got Spain, England, and Spain. I think will have to all finish mm. outside of all the European places for the next twenty years to lose one of their, their spots. Yeah. But it's the uh, Germany that have four spots, and then I think Italy lost a spot. They've, they've only three. Yeah. Only got three now. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Germany got them. So it's them two who are sort of vying for the the, the it's Spain and in, it's Spain and England are very safe. Yeah, there was a few years ago there where Spain or where England were in we're were at risk. Yeah, but yeah. again, at the time, because they've been so dominant, the English teams have been so dominant, and in say Europa League finals, yeah. Champions League finals, semi-finals, that they always maintain. So once you've got one strong English team, mm. it almost nearly retains the coach. Yeah. It's such a poor competition though. The Europa League, like the stand, the standard is so bad. It's it, it's literally a knockabout until you get to quarters, semis, yeah, yeah quarterfinals. It's a free run, like the, the knockout stages are where it so even poor. gets halfway. Well, that's because UEFA did a silly thing, right? They could have ended all domestic cup, domestic cup competitions essentially by retaining the cup winners' cup. I think an awful. Are they not bringing that back though, Phil? Was the, what yeah, there is that talk of another one today. Yeah. Again, because of this, right? That there is. This demand, and this is where I, I sort of really want to use this as a leading question, right? Essentially, we can't be more than 20 years away from just a European Super League. Super League, yeah. Well, sure, wasn't this, wasn't the, like, top four, we we had to obviously qualify against Hoffenheim la, uh, yeah. the last time out. We didn't this time because essentially they want the big teams in the group stage. In the group stage. Straight in, teams that command the most money, most TV yeah. money, and that's what they want. Like I, there's more, there's, there's more. There is definitely more of a pull at the idea, like you, this idea of the international champions cup and the friendlies, where you're getting all the big teams now playing all around the world in different venues, and them just putting a cup competition around it. We're definitely moving to the stage where 
the teams want more money and they want to play the big matches because they want to get the crowds in the stadium. I think that I think the domestic leagues are becoming you can nearly script who's going to come where and I think mm. that that will soon become boring in itself and I think as fans are getting priced out of the game why would why would you as a West Brom fan keep paying you know or, uh, one of the teams at West Brom went down but any of the teams near the bottom why would you repeatedly pay yeah. extortionate prices <clears> to watch your team get hockeyed and never have a chance of winning anything that gap is going to get wider and wider and wider and eventually there would probably be some pull for the lower lads to have a chance of winning a, a domestic Look. league with the big boys out of it. They, they go and compete amongst the elites, you know, have their own competition and let us let us have a go at trying to win something. Yeah, you could you could have it whereby you have two divisions. You know, uh, you've you've got the top five from the four big leagues or top four from the four big leagues, and then you've got a division below that. And what happens is the winners of each home league actually goes into Division 2 of the European Super League and gets a chance to try and stay in there. I think one of the big problems is going to be for fans yeah. because it's already very costly for fans to go up and down the country and go or, or, or you know people like ourselves or Norwegians or whoever else that come over you know regularly enough during a season. You start asking them to go to Germany one week, France the next, you know, in two weeks' time, Italy in two weeks' time, then back to Germany. You know, it's a lot of travel, it's a lot of expense, it's a lot of hassle. You know, they will now start. You know, no disrespect, they'll start now is, understanding is that much of a difference, though. I would that be right. Shane? You you realise, right? We we want to go to a Liverpool game. We went over to the to the yeah, West Ham yeah. match. We were up at four o'clock in the morning. We we're on that flight at ten past six. That's just because you wanted to go on the ale. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's because you're 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 limited by by um, flight times and stuff like that as well. So you know, and and cost as well. The benefit they might have is the likes of the European Rail Network, where they can actually get out of England and into mainland Europe on the rail system easy enough. The likes of Italy, France, Spain can all travel to each other fairly easy on the on the rail network. So that might benefit it. But it's a lot of travel. Every every fan will become a day tripper ultimately yeah. in the in their experience of going to games. Yeah. It will be flights. It will be long travel. It will be lots of expense. I think I think that will be a I think, I think that will be a driver on it. Not I think happening. one of the other big things as well. I think this is more prevalent in Spain anyways that Barcelona and Real Madrid they, they, they're trying to, they don't want to give the other teams the TV money because they're saying look at we bring Absolutely. we bring the yeah. biggest piece of the pie why are we financing you as when we're bringing basically the biggest piece of the pie and if you were X amount of I'll say the top four in England them two in Spain couple in Germany and they, they, just, they all just want the most TV money that's basically it, and they mm. don't want to share it with the, the, the lesser group. So if there is a breakaway where they all come up with something where they're all making an absolute fucking fortune, well then... Mm. The one thing I'll say, and, and you have to give credit to the Premier League, is they've had an approach that without the smaller teams, there is no league. Mm. So there is a revenue share. They haven't done that in Spain, and I don't think it's actually benefited them. Mm. If you look at it, you know, it's, it's, the top two teams are the richest teams, but... As a as a as a league, I don't think it's benefit. No, and that's what the Premier League have always tried to do. They you see, regularly lower Premier League teams will be in the top ten spending in in Europe because Absolutely. of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, uh, the money the because the finance are there. Yeah. Right, um, last one because <coughs> that's for Gavin. Gavin, give us a number. Oh yeah, you do. So let's we'll do a random number. What numbers have we done? Six, one. Uh, you have three, nine, two, seven. Okay, we'll do. For, do you know what we'll do? We'll go, nine. Oh, there was only eight questions. There was, <laughs> there was, there was ten. There was five, five, five times. I already picked five. Oh, okay. He said there was five left. Well, that's because he's wrong. Of course, I did this. He's the, literally the worst producer ever. Yeah. I don't know. 
Okay. So we go with three. Number <laughs> five. Yeah. Okay. Um, this this one's about gay players in football. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. Right. right. No, but I think it's a good question. Um, just watch your feelings on it. Do you think there's actually is there gay players out there? I suppose. I know what the question what, is. Yeah, what's, them. what's stopping them coming coming out? I suppose. This is yeah. no. This is a valid question. Yeah. Right? Right. I, I, yeah. I was just thinking about it today. Right. Like, look at the age we're in. Yep. Look at everything that's going on around the world. Mad stuff all over the shop, right? But in, in terms of equality, we've never we've never tried to be a more equal and open society globally, right? Despite the lunatics like Trump and all that that are yeah. knocking about right? and, and, and all the lads in England and stuff like that, right? Yeah. But you know, uh, honestly, right? All the lads. You're all mad. You're just the English. You're all mad. Well, yeah, in fairness, think of Brexit. When you stand back from Brexit for a second and think about it, like, there's a lot of people that agree to Brexit. Yeah, go on. But, right, how, at this stage, have we not had more gay icons, and I don't mean just in terms of style and what they look like, that genuine footballers to come out and say, I'm a gay footballer. I know I can think of the most recent one was a guy in America that there was a big thing going on, I think NBC Sports or something yeah. in terms of him coming out. It's only him and Hitzelsberger, I think, are the two openly yeah. gay players. They have been openly gay in terms of top end And Hitzelsberger, Hitzelsberger only came out after he stopped playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even at that, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that there's so more you know what I think it is? after they've stopped playing. Yeah, sorry, I was gonna say, do you know what I think it is? And, and I mean... Uh, the, the fans of football in general, in, in stadiums, are a, a bit of, like, they're a gang of bricks. Yeah, they're dickheads. They're, they're, they're dickheads. It's, it's, it's gang mentality. Yeah. So, so you, you get people shouting, you faggot, you this, you whatever else, at players, regardless of their actual sexual orientation. Mm. Um, there's also an element whereby the ratios aren't the same in football. Mm. To, to, so you say, right, okay, let's take it one in ten people. Uh, are homosexual um, that's not going to be the case in football or or you know uh, rugby or whatever else because there is a gravitation for you know um, sexual orientation away from certain things so that's not to say there's no gay footballers but it is to say that you're probably less likely to get that same ratio hmm. in a sport than you will in so you, you look at it and you say why are there so many gay people that become hairdressers Gay men become hairdressers or gay men go towards theatre because they either naturally have a more they feel more comfortable in that environment. They feel more comfortable in that environment. It's it's an accepted environment to be themselves. And I'm sure there's still an element whereby players still do not feel they feel that will they will they get the same opportunities? If you know if a fella comes out at seventeen or eighteen when he's trying to get a, a contract off a club, it'll yeah. go one of two ways. It'll go viral, and the talk will all be about him being gay rather than his actual abilities. Or he may be because you don't know the feelings of that manager or people involved in the club. There are still a lot of homophobes out there, mm. um, and you don't know whether that person's going to maybe be overlooked for a contract over somebody else, even though he's a better player mm-hmm. because of his sexual orientation. I think you're saying about Viral and what Jamie said there, like fans basically a bunch of pricks in the ground. Like man, the way social media is now, even if even if he wasn't on Twitter or wasn't on Instagram or anything like that, the, 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 the names that he'd be called and his name would be put out I don't think it's even the names, right? I think it's the, it will be the, the the subvertive stuff. So if he pulls out of a tackle, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the the type of stuff that we've written about. Fan, it's the yeah. narrative. Yeah. It's the yeah. narrative yeah. that yeah. they can. Well, create. we can't expect him to be a hard player, you know. Given yeah. everything, that type of an old school journalism mm. that yeah. that, that mm. still is there. The right? undercurrent kind exactly. of exactly, yeah. exactly. You only have to look at certain anchors on uh, on football shows yeah. outside of the UK 
to to realise that that sort of of uh, element is still in anchors with a W. Yes, I've I've had gay teammates, and everybody knew in the dressing room. Were they openly gay? Yeah, yeah oh, well, just I would say. To seventy percent of the people in the room, they they would. I can't even joke about this. Oh yeah, no, no, I'm not, I'm not joking, and I make a laugh out of everything. But um, I won't joke about this because there's still tons of fellas out there that think every gay man thinks they fancy them. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you're gay, so you must fancy me. Well, well no, they I'm, probably I'm, did I'm, fancy I'm, you. I'm probably yeah, fancy you. Well, that's understandable. That's understandable. But like you, normal lads, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, um, lads, there's still a huge amount of that. So, so we're talking about getting in the showers, not fucking getting in the showers. There, there's still elements of that there in football, and we're talking about lads in their twenties. We're not talking about lads in their forties or their fifties. There's still undercurrents of that, and it's still a, it has to be a difficult time for people to do it, or they would do it by now. I think if you get three or four people to do it in the same way it was very tough for players to come out and talk about their gambling addictions to come out and talk about mental health I think it takes a standpoint from three or four it'll take a high profile player to come out and say it somebody who has a huge standing amongst fans who can stand up to it I think a, a, a key point as well is what Shane said before and, and I kind of said about dressing rooms they can be tough places mm-hmm. at oh, times and so you know if you're a young player coming through um, at, at any stage of your career actually you don't sometimes want to single yourself out in, within a dressing within a dressing room, yeah. um, you want to blend in. Yeah, you, you would have to feel so secure amongst your teammates, uh, as friends and teammates and colleagues or whatever, to be able to be completely open. I mean, you look at the Gareth Thomas story in in rugby. Unbelievable strength of character mm-hmm. to yeah. be able to do that and kind of break the break the mold yeah. in a way. Yeah. But how many have come out since? It's not, it's actually not yeah. been that many. Would like, the manager have known that? Like you 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 yeah. played with Gay and the managers yeah. the managers would have known that as well. Yeah. Would, just what, what Steve was said. You, you just don't. You, you just don't know the way some managers would react. No, you, just, you really well, don't. Old school, as, as we said. Yeah. Sorry, Phil. We, the, the old school mentality, and I, and I think you know, dependence on the manager. Everybody thinks that they would be welcoming, but if you, if they've not been exposed to it before, they don't know how they react. So it's probably just. Um, uh, whether it's an experience thing or uh, you know they're just not used to, to the challenges that that they've brings. never had to deal with yeah. it before so, yeah. so well, it's something the brand. question is though right? we, we talk about group mentality the fact is and the sad fact is would the vocal minority in a crowd be shouted down if the abuse started being levelled at an openly gay player yes you'd like yes. to think so yeah. Yeah. I, I don't believe it would be I think and, exactly. the reason, and the reason why I don't is he, all you have to do is look at and, and Kev brought up and it was something that was in the back of my mind when I was thinking think about Nigel Lowndes you don't think it will be no. no think about Nigel Lowndes who is the referee the, the rugby referee who's openly gay right? Yeah. and they've had they've had Gareth Thomas and they've had Nigel Lowndes come out right he comments, puts any posts up, and you look at the comments that are below that, right? Ah, oh, but that's 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 keyboard warriors. But I'm I'm still saying you put that mentality still strongly exists inside football stadiums, and unfortunately, unfortunately, you think of the abuse, etc., that have gone on the players on the pitch, and I'm talking I'm, I'm talking about race now. I'm not even talking about about yeah. homosexuality or anything else, right? And it's not shouted down by the crowd. There's nobody pulling people aside for making gestures or anything like that at anyone, mm. and it's still going on. And it's still. I don't know. Like I've never I've ever. Never I've been, been like I've been in, in football grounds for twenty odd years, and I have never heard one single racist comment. I haven't. I've never heard a racist comment. I've heard derogatory comments. Um, about homosexuality, but that's more so. I heard racist comments in the grounds. Yeah, and, and did you call someone out on it? What? You heard what I said. You did I call someone out? Yeah. No. Shit bag. Because I didn't know who said it. 
I'm genuinely going to stand up and say, who said that? <laughs> <laughs> See, no, you fucking thousand cunts. You're all getting it. But no, seriously, if I heard somebody in the crowd and I saw them openly being racist or homophobic, I would absolutely call them out and I wouldn't give a fuck what was said. Hmm? I wouldn't care because it has no place. Do you think that no place. Do you think that there's an element of football? I think you kind of alluded to it before. It's football fans in moments of anger or frustration yeah. at the way that the teams will look for something to hang on to. So it could be that you've got green air. It could be that you've got a big nose. It could be yeah. that you've got... And that's just another thi- thing that they, can, that they can use to, to insult or try and get in your head or in a moment of anger. Absolutely. And I've been, I've been accused of this on Twitter, um, saying something to somebody, you know what I mean, making a derogatory comment to somebody. That's not me implying that they are homosexual. You know what I mean? It was just said in, it shouldn't have been said, but it was said in a way that wasn't actually referring to their, and it does happen in football grounds yeah. as well. Absolutely. People say things, you know, that they that they don't mean, but it still does not excuse it. It doesn't make it right, and it should be called out. Absolutely. It happens on the pitch, as you see. Look, obviously, yes, the Suarez situation was a big one. John Terry and Anton Ferdinand was another big one. Just frustration mm. probably I, I've said some horrific things and had people say horrific things to me and as somebody on the pitch we've all gone through it I, I never think one second about what's said to me on a football yeah, no, I, I once had a fella tell me my hair was shit <laughs> Jesus I, I, was, I, was, I had to get I was taken off yeah. <laughs> you know had to fix it yeah. <laughs> right good chat People aren't used to that type of challenge. No, yeah, well, like, like, you, like you said before, uh, not the Jay, like, <laughs> dressing rooms, yeah. dressing rooms are a tough place to go at the yeah. best times. We've all walked into dressing rooms, I'm sure, and you're it getting naked. out of the car and you're just going going to a club where you don't know a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And look at that, like that, them things will, would only be magnified for. To be for fair, a young I, player I, I, I would have loved them to be gay just to do that. Walk in, dresses Elton John and everything, right? You know, like they have the hat on and the glasses. Steve does that now with his pink shirts. Just how we walk into the bunker <laughs> before the cameras go on yeah. and we get on macho again. Yeah. I can't wait to get off screen. I can't. I want to go home and watch Maiden Chelsea. <laughs> right, come on. Right, move on. Um, right, moving on. Right, we move away from the random topic generator. I was actually enjoying it a bit more than talking. Well, do you want to go for another one? Go on, do one more. Do okay, one more. We'll, we'll do one more. What, what numbers have we got left, Gavin Doyle? Right, number <laughs> four. This is mad. Children's TV shows to top six teams <laughs> compared to top. Right, so yeah, because there was there was confusion. I have yeah. to use I have to use words to explain this one again. So using the words, um, what children's TV show would you say represents the top a top six side? So pick a pick a TV show, and then give me the reason for why it's it would be. TV show. Yeah. Phil, this is a fucking awful <laughs> question. It's a fucking grenade. It's a big old idea. It's a kids. <laughs> no, it means 80s. Anything. Give us an okay. example. As it was your question, give us the, the bar. Have you got yeah, one, guys? There's, there's a better one here. Okay, go on. I'll give, uh, the last one I'll, I'll give it to you, right? Hulier uh, or Rafa? That's, oh, a great that's a great His show. eyes, the fire in his eyes. It's a great show. <laughs> it's a simple question. Who changed the club more? The spoofer that was Julio oh, or Rafa Benitez? <laughs> oh, that's not a leading question. At all. <laughs> 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 um, both managers have their their pros and their negatives. If you ask me who would you have take over at Liverpool tomorrow if Klopp had to go and you had to pick one of those two, 
Benitez all day long because I think Benitez with this, although his style of football frustrated me, Julier's style of football literally had me barred from the submarine pub. Um, so, so no, I'm, that's not even a joke. That's so, not a bad thing. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> well, was nice at that point. They'd put a lot of money in. Um, that's when they had the stage. Yeah, 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 exactly. But uh, no, and uh, I would take Benitez because I think with the backing of FSG, mm. uh, he could he could be a very effective manager even in this league at the moment. Okay. I don't think Julier would. Jamie, Jamie. <laughs> we're probably gonna have different views here. I think we've clashed on this one before. Not like us to clash. But I think you've got to look at where the club was at when they inherited the club. And I think that Julia inherited arguably the, the back end of Spice Boys, if my maths is right. Yes, bit of a did. bit of a yeah. drinking culture, probably players not look at look he's chomping a bit look at his hand stopping and everything. Uh he inherited a club that was not being ran in the right way. Uh, we had a mental, I think, a mentality problem within the playing staff. Yeah. Probably not applying themselves or, or, you know, looking after themselves the way that professional footballers sh- should. And I think he shifted the culture of the club towards a more professional, uh, professional way. Um, players started to look after themselves. He was a lot stricter. Um, centers on a on a path towards winning trophies. And won trophies. More, more importantly, won won trophies. Not in a style that I personally like to watch. Uh, I have to, I have to point that out. But to put Liverpool back on the map in terms of winning big silverware and 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 bringing a level of professionalism that probably didn't exist for for some time, I would say Julio personally. Shane. Um. Both, both lads make compelling cases, really. I think Jamie is spot on. To, to go from what did we do, the FA Cup in 92, 95 was the League Cup, and then nothing mm-hmm. until Julia came in, and we were really miles off. We, we never really looked like winning that, and then he obviously... Right. Uh, you'll get eight. Come on now, you'll get yours in a minute. Right. So, <laughs> for that, like... To go that long, to go to go six years and then to come back with such a bang, winning the uh, winning the treble the was no more, and he obviously wins the European Super Cup as well. I think all three then was the League Cup against United, was it? Oh, that's that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Well, he got to a League three. Cup final against Birmingham. Yep. That was 2001. All three was when Gerrard scored the beat United. Yeah. So two, two one. So, yeah, two one. So there was three. So it's quite it's quite a good haul in that time. But I think. It was he brought us as far as he could. He really did. He brought the professionalism back in. Brought us as far as he could. But really, to take that next step, uh, we needed to move him on. And when Benitez, I love Benitez when he went. I just remember telling people, and there was a lot of Liverpool fans that did that did want him to go. I don't, don't know what the reason was. Maybe it was style of play he wasn't always fantastic. But there was. Uh, I just remember saying, "Look up, be careful what you wish for," because this fella is really top three or four managers in the world. So. If I had to go into my head, I'd have to go Rafa, yeah. Hold on, was the question who you'd want us to manage us now or who no. made the biggest impact? Who had the biggest impact on the club? Okay. I'll stick with my answer. No, I, 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 I'm with Steve on this. Rafa Benitez, his, his legacy far outweighs anything that Julia did at the club. There's a myth that's perpetuated that Julia took the club into the modern day. But to be fair, any manager that would have come into the club at that time from the continent would have changed the way things were going on, the way the club was being managed, how it was being handled. He didn't, though, generate anything within the club. Outside of the Force 11, he didn't develop an academy. He didn't develop the club as a club is. You look at the club today and the structures that Rafa put in 
as the manager in terms of the what they did with the 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 academy, the structures that they put in place in the academy. Not necessarily in the academy. Well, it started with Rafa because if you think he brought, it brings in Borel, he brings in Segura, who are there, who who've created the modern day academy that's there at this moment in time. Highway had done a great job as as the as the academy owner or the, as, as as the head of the director. academy up to, uh, director up until then, but they modernised the academy. The way the way things happen, it all happens under Benitez. As I say, the Julia modernisation would have happened anyway because football was fundamentally moving on from the way it had been to the late 90s to when it was. What Julia is, is the, he's the, at the moment, he's the opposite of Jurgen Klopp. He delivered shit football but was very lucky in finals. Jurgen Klopp has delivered incredible football and incredibly brilliant teams to watch and has been horrifically unlucky in finals. I'll go, like, we're mm. one it up against Seville. We're the Champions League final, he loses Mo Salah. We've gone to a League Cup final and Mignolet turned into a hologram. The ball went through him. He was the complete opposite. Who we went to finals with, Julier, and we were dog shit. Like, uh, like how we won the Alaves one, we, we robbed Arsenal of the FA Cup final. Uh, I think it was a young lad who you don't really rate Michael no, Owen that did that. I don't, I don't. It was Paddy Berger's ball <laughs> down the line. But anyway, right? The, uh, honestly, we in those two. In fact, Henshaw was the best goalkeeper on the pitch that day. Super. Right. The, the <laughs> amount of saves he made with his hand is unbelievable. But he's a he's a he's a man who was lucky in cup finals. Unlike Jurgen Klopp, who so far has been unlucky in nearly all cup finals he's been in. Is, a, it, no, is it lucky in a cup final, or is it a mentality he instills in his team before they go out onto that pitch? If it was a mentality thing, they would have followed up with a league win, and they didn't do it. Well, no, 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 because we're talking about a cup final, which is a one-off yeah. thing, rather than. So you I'm talking about is it a, a mentality? mentality does he have an ability to instill a mentality in his players on a one-off game, be it an important league match? Whatever it might, he mightn't have been able to continuously do that week on week, but I he was able to method, drive it from I the players. I think his football methods can produce winning situations in one-off yeah. games, but isn't conducive to winning things over the long run. You mentioned the the nineties, right? We should have won a league title under Roy Evans. There was there was one here that I actually <coughs> forgot to put. It. Actually, we haven't said it. it was the one non-LFC player you wish we'd signed if we got to it. For me, it was Schmeichel. If we had mm-hmm. a Schmeichel in the late 90s, we would have won a league title. That's the difference it would have made from David James. I think it was the 96-97 season. We go into the third last week, the second last week of April to play United. We beat United. We go four points clear to the top of the league. Right? United beat us in Anfield and they go on and win the league. We don't even finish second that year. We crumble and we end up finishing fourth and missing out in the Champions League. The, teams, the team then had an issue with mentality but it also stemmed from the fact that they didn't have the right players in the right places. So again, there's an element that is one-off, yeah. but it doesn't deliver the football that we're used to or the way we want to win. I'd, I'd take the football that we're playing under Jurgen Klopp now over the trophies that either of those managers And the other thing, Benitez, I know <coughs> what you said, I didn't know, some of us didn't like his methods at times, but when his teams were on fire and he let the lead off those teams, they shot on anything that Julio did. Agreed on, Agreed on that. And the best footballer Julio's reign was when he was not there, he was in hospital. It was why Phil Thompson we, was Why don't we do team. the question of the player that we've never signed? Um, yeah, because I was going to talk about the impact of friendlies, but like now <coughs> literally cares about international. Could give a dick about the international football. Uh, just, just, can I just air the bell thing on that one? Of course you can, Shane. <laughs> I, I think if you mentioned about the final is a mentality thing. Yeah. I think with Klopp and the way his enthusiasm comes across and everything, it's like, like for Liverpool and Dortmund. Look, getting to a final is almost like winning the final. It kind of felt well. Look, getting there last season, getting to the final, the same. Way, well, look, obviously I'm not a Dortmund fan, but getting getting through, getting through to Wembley to play in the final. I just I just think it might be an issue that you we 
he's using up so much enthusiasm, so much, and on the players it's coming through, draining the players. So that maybe if we if we can get the finals with a little less, with a little more comfort, yeah, getting the finals that maybe there will be more there in the tank to to really put in the performances and get the results that we know we're, he, we're able. He, he always talks about going through experiences as a team, and I think this mm. is important. Mm. I, I think this Liverpool team are now richer for the experiences mm. that they've had. I think there is an element of bad luck, and and that's not Crimea River. That is genuine bad yeah, yeah, yeah. luck, but. I think this team now, and I think you can see it, it's evolved over uh, you know, the, the past couple of seasons. There's a real steely belief now in this Liverpool team that they know how to win. And, and for the first time probably this year, we know how to win when we're not playing particularly well. Mm. And I think that just comes with the natural um, evolution of a football mm. team. So I, I, don't think, I don't think it's... I think the media make more of it than what Jurgen Klopp himself. I don't even yeah. think he gives it a second thought. He puts that Liverpool team out, and they believe. I mean, the 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 Madrid game. We were the better team for twenty minutes. Mm. There was no there was no uh, effect in how we were playing in that first twenty minutes that made you think, oh, we were nervous. We we went. No, at no, them. no, we went at it. Yeah. C- circumstances changed the the direction of that game. I I think now richer from the experiences. I think any team that Liverpool put out in any cup competition mm. go on that pitch believing that they're going to win it. And I think we're, we're in for a shout for well, the... I'm not saying that, look, it, look it's, it's easy to get to these finals. I mean, we get to a semi-final, we, we'll, we'll deal with more comfort. It's obviously very, very hard to get there. It's just, like you were saying, I like to think that as, as the, this team gets experienced, that when they get there, they don't use it all up in the semi-final. It's not new to them. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's what, what, it, what, what it is. It's what not I new anymore. What I would anymore. say is they don't have the luxury, I don't believe of coming second this season and building on that experience next year. Because I think if we have another season where we come second, say this season, I think we will lose one of our top players. I think we will. uh, The only benefit that we have now that we didn't have three years ago is the extortionate price of players. And the likes of Madrid, a prime example this year, Madrid lose Ronaldo and they don't replace him. Mm. That never, ever would have happened. If they had lost Ronaldo for 60 million, 50 million, 60 million, two seasons ago, and the price of replacing him was 80 million, they'd have done it. They'd have done it in a heartbeat. They had to go out and blow 200 million on Mbappe or Neymar or whoever, the Griezmann, you know, close to that sort of Mm. money to replace him. Clubs don't have the ability to go out and buy three Galacticos, if you want to call them that, or three superstars anymore. Personally, I think I'm less concerned about that side of it, and the reason why I'm less concerned about that (coughs) side of it is that I think if this team continues to grow and continues to be up challenge. We didn't really challenge for the league last year, mm. right? But if we have another good run in the Champions League, I'm not expecting to get to the final. I'm just saying, if we have another good run in the Champions League, and we look closer to City, and we look like we're challenging for a title, I think the players will have will be fully bought into that this team is on the verge of winning the title. I don't think we lose. The only players I think we could lose, even if that doesn't happen, is potentially Mane. Mane. The, the, the deal, he still hasn't signed a new deal, and he's the only one out of all the players that the season. I, I think year. I think that's delusional. I think players want to win trophies, and if we're not my Come point is that we're, we look like we're challenging for trophies. Yeah, we look like we were challenging an for FA trophies in 2014-2015. An, an FA Cup and a League Cup is not going to be seen with those same players as a trophy. It's no, going I to be agree. a League or a Champions League. I agree, league. but we, we came second, uh, uh, missing out on the second last day of the season in 2013-14. We lost Suarez. 
The same thing happened. Suarez was off on you. But the same thing happened with Alonso. You know, this is the first time we've actually been at the the cusp of of a great win and not lost a key player. Mm-hmm. I don't think we managed it too too. Well, I think we're always going to manage lose key players anyway. I think that's just football nowadays. Can I just say yeah. on that point? Probably going off on a bit of a tangent, but where did the domestic cups rank now? Because I, I personally think that they've lost 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 their meaning. It's a competition for the squad to try and win, and um, I don't think that has any impact. I mean, as fans, it's a great day out, but is coming second in the league and challenging for City does that take priority over a, 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 a league cup run? Yeah. Where where does that sit? Okay, look, I want to, uh, let's, let's, let's keep that. And we can talk about that a different day. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Phil. I do because I know he's a helmet, isn't he? Absolute helmet. Hilarious. I'm going to unfollow him again on Twitter now. That's it. It is a good question. Yeah, it is a good question. James actually just left the group. Underneath the desk, Jamie has left. Which Philly are going to unfollow? Right, next one, lads. I want to move on because I'm going to close it off. Is the game of the weekend? Spores, you went to where Jamie did the games on Saturday morning. Yeah, I've had a stinker. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was a late game. No, all my mates coming over, and I'm going to Skill Zone. At what time? Half eleven. It starts. Yeah, you're, it's only an hour. Two hours, they said. But if you're good, you get out in an hour. Surely, with a bit of luck, stuff there. That's true. Skill Zone. Yeah. Please to watch your own performance. You know, without there watching the match. Folks, <laughs> <laughs> getting the practice in for the world game. Hanging tough. Right, lads. Um, Spores. Yes, it's our first real test of the season. Spurs are coming off the back of a defeat against Watford. Um, we go in obviously a hundred percent record going into it. We're going to like they don't have a home. <laughs> they can't can't finish the stadium. Better for us if they did. did I yeah. Oh yeah, no. The Wembley who do? Yeah. Well, this is what I'm saying. We're going to have to change that around. We need this is a chance to to to, to build a winning. When we went out to domestic cups this exactly, year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The next the Super League final today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Spurs lads, their the, the, the threats are quite obvious in terms of what's there. It's Harry Kane, it's Christian Eriksen, it's Hyungman Son. I think he's back from the Asian Cup, uh, <coughs> whatever it is he's playing. Um, and then, of course, they've got a, a reasonably decent midfield and they've got a fairly strong defence. Like they, they have a, If you look at them, they're probably in terms of stature, they are... We're, we're equal in terms of what the teams look like and mm. the way they want to play. Uh, last year we got our arses handed to us on a plate, um, but it was probably Lovren gate. Yeah, but it was probably also that seminal moment in a, in a season that that Jurgen Klopp says I have to sort this defence out no matter yeah. what because otherwise nothing's going to happen. Yeah, we went on a silly run after that, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, yeah, and then we went and we should have handed their arses on a plate to them when they came to Anfield in the second half of the season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So lads, there's been lots made of, of what it is, but we've had a lot of players on international duty. This early kickoff, what's the real impact? It's the same impact for both teams. So, you know, they have a huge amount of players off on international duty as well. Our Brazilian lads weren't involved, to the best of my knowledge. They might have come on and played 20 minutes, but they should be fresh enough. You'd have to think that the club have a private plane bringing them back. Um, so that shouldn't be a major issue either. I think we beat them this weekend. I think, and that's not just that's not just like you know stupid positivity. I actually think that we have the making of them. I think you know if you look at where we're at now, we're very very solid at the back, and I think it will depend on who we go with in the middle of the park. We did look lethargic and leggy against Leicester, especially in the second half. People spoke of it, Leicester stepping up a level. I believe we let them step yeah. up a level in that game. Um, so I think I think we beat them. Shane, I want to go to somewhat a bit of negativity on this game. So, Jamie, 
you were saying before you were saying before we started the pod okay. that you thought we were going to have going to get bashed. You got it in for me today or something? I was just, I've been waiting. I was waiting for the, I wanted the class half <laughs> empty, half full show, and then I wanted to bring you back to when you said before. I feel we're going to get bashed. Do, do you know? I just there's something about Wembley at the minute in the back of me. Maybe it's yeah, the, the demons of last year. I just don't feel like I can remember a, a, a slick performance from Liverpool there. It's, I don't know. We've we've just always seemed leggy and lethargic when we play there. I hope that this game books the trend. I've just got a, a funny feeling early kickoff. After an international, it's just it's a bit of a it's a bit of a banana skin. Um, Delhi Ali written all over. Yeah, it, just like a couple of scummy goals. Like, yeah, but I think Steve said. I think the key is I am very confident in the back. <laughs> you nearly added there. I don't have it. That's it. Yeah. Um, Delhi Ali. I, I'm very confident in the back four and the goalkeeper now. So I, I don't think there's going to be we're not going to be littered with individual errors. I think the game's going to be won or lost in the middle. Sean is at home now. Sean's like, what is this voodoo? I've <laughs> <laughs> got it. I've got it. I was getting photographed. I was getting pictures. Gone. I've got it. So you got gone across Jamie there. Probably so you can't even remember. What was I saying? You were saying that you think Liverpool are going to win 3 0. 3 0. Yeah, up the Reds. Uh, midfield. I think the game will be decided in midfield, and I think it's important. The balance of who we pick in there. Um, could be key. I have a feeling that he will go Henderson, Milner, and uh, Naby mm. as the three. It would give me more confidence having Naby in there. You'd nearly have Henderson and Milner sitting a little bit deeper and just let Naby go and work some magic. Um, I just wasn't happy with the dynamic of the of the three in the last game. Um, so, if you give me a is it prediction, Sam? No, Shane. Any, any, no, no, I'm going to love this fucking microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything, anything different to what Jeremy said? Would you, would you throw Fabinho in, in for this for his No, time? I wouldn't start him, no. No, no I think... Uh, I'll ask you that again. Would you start Fabinho in this game by any chance? No. Stephen, would you start... For De- <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Daddy, that's what I'm looking for. Ah, all right, right. Kill you up there. Go on, I'll mess with No, look, I think Jamie is right. I think there will be kind of one in midfield and... Uh, I think Wanyam is missing by them and Dembele has kind of been I think he's been flagging a bit mid. towards the end of the game like Pochettino he's Dembele been. is a myth Pochettino is a myth Dembele is a myth he is although let's just go back for a minute to Wanyama smashing <laughs> that, that ball is still travelling if it doesn't yeah, hit the what it should it would just circumnavigate the globe forever if it hadn't fucking gone in the net would have hit Charlie Adams no, yeah Charlie Adams pen yeah just, just on Fabino that we were talking before the mm. pod I'm really excited to see him in a red shirt now after the international break. He's been given a little bit of time. Uh, I think we spoke about the games that he played for us. He looked leggy and he wasn't up to the speed of a Jurgen Klopp team. Yeah. But he does little little touches, mm. it's like his awareness in that position. You Absolutely. can see that he's a specialist in that position. He's very comfortable when pressed. It's little clips around the corner. It's using his body well when under pressure. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the team evolves with, with him in but it at some stage. The one thing that's guaranteed, the, yeah, the one thing that's guaranteed, given the amount of games that we have over the next mm. six weeks, we are going to see Shaqiri. We're going to see yeah. Fabinho. He's another one. We're Shaqiri, going to see yeah. Sturridge. We're going to see Matip. Mm. We're going to see a lot of changes going through that time. Klein is going to get a run. Moreno's going to get so a run. Southampton and the Chelsea uh, League Cup game, you'll see yeah. a lot of them players. Prime example is that, that yeah, massacre yeah. in Wembley last year. Mm. We had nothing yeah. to bring off the bench. Yeah. Nothing to change the game. Okay, Lovren comes off early. But there was you were never looking at it going, there's anything in this. Mm-hmm. Now you actually look at our bench and you're going... Just that you could bring in this person, it brings a different dynamic. You bring in this person, it brings a different, yeah, you know, it, it, there's definite uh, right. elements to it. The two, the two, the 
I know what you said there, but the, it, it will be one and lost the midfield. But I also think that the Lloris, Aldevoireld, and Vertonghen, and then obviously Alison Van Dijk and Gomez. If we can, if we can come out on top against Kane. I think we have a great chance of winning the game. Mm-hmm. They looked very vulnerable against Bottas. Uh, yeah, and the and the same. Obviously, if they if if, if we can get on top it's of, a, of, 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 uh, of their back, it's, it's uh, interesting. Back that I think it was uh, Joe Gomez was talking uh, about the relationship that the two of them have, and because Virgil's so dominant, what's actually been happening is the centre forwards are like, right, I'm not going to get any change out mm-hmm. of Van Dijk. I'm going to go and stand on Gomez. Mm-hmm. So he's actually had to face all of the different challenges. So it was the lad from Brighton, what's his name, uh, the big lad, Murray. Oh, the Murray. Murray. Yeah, uh, there's, uh, there's been so many different challenges for him to yeah. come, ag- come up against. And it's going to be the same again. If Kane is in any way sensible, he's going to come away from Van Dijk and go, I'm not, I'm not engaging in mm-hmm. that. I'm going to pull on to Gomez. I fancy I'll get more change there. Okay, so it'll be interesting to see how he does. On that, I know Reds, as I said, they've, they sent us over a couple of bets. So the, the first one they had was that Liverpool to win, Man U and Everton both to lose was, I think, is it 46 to 1? 46 to 1, it's now United it's not easy. It says 46.00 and 50. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's 45 to 1. 45 to 1. Yeah. Uh, it's now 50 to 1. It's now 50 to yeah. 1, yeah. So get on there. If you get on to Reds, but you get that. So that's Who's Everton got, Phil? They're on mm-hmm. early, aren't they? On Sunday. On Sunday, on Sunday yeah. Yeah. I'd love to know what the odds are on Everton to draw because they can't win, they can't lose. So they yeah, just it's, draw. Just, it's just like a. The vacuum. main thing is that Jordan Dinosaur said he'll never make the same mistake that Alison did. It's teed up in the next three oh, weeks. It's a fucking mud. He'll also never dive for a shot, so there is that. The little T Rex arm fool. The home to West Ham on Sunday, are you? Grant. Hopefully, Juan Fangio runs in on top of him and he falls over the ball. It'll be great. You know, um, the, and then the next one is. They've also got another special, which is Liverpool to win the next three Premier League matches at Spurs, Southampton, and Chelsea at 13 to 2. I, I think that's decent. Well, it's probably it's a big ask for it to go seven for seven, but yeah. I think they're all three winnable games. And I really would love to see us obviously go and win the three, but it would be really nice to see us put a different team out against Southampton, mm. a couple of little changes, freshen things up, and go and get a win there as well. It'd be a great boost to the squad. Well, if we, if we got went, if we got seven from seven, we'd only need twenty points to stay up. Anyway, um, that's the and that's the most important thing. I always, is always find your your building blocks. Yep. Start with relegation safety. <laughs> get them out of the way. With get them Work towards <laughs> the middle of the table. Then it's your Europa League qualification. Okay. I'm nearly finished. With, then you you're heading for the top four. How'd you like that now, Phil? How'd you like that now? Fantastic. Fantastic. Right. Um, right. Predictions. Predictions, Jamie, go. Score draw. You said we were going to get bashed. Is that is that a fucking score? Bash two all. Bashed, bashed two all in the Jamie home head. <laughs> the positivity in the room has rubbed off on me. I'm going. Yeah. Score draw. Right. <laughs> That's a negative <laughs> yeah. Score draw. Oh, four all draw. I'm feeling real negative tonight. <laughs> that tells you a lot. Um, I'm going 2 1 win. Mm-hmm. I think we do concede because um, that. Jammy Pox, Harry Kane has a way of scoring goals. Potentially, the goal, getting both goalkeepers could go walkabouts. You know, if I was betting a man, I'd probably put a hundred to one on both goalkeepers to score an overhead kick from outside the box. And you we'll do it via Reds bet. We'll talk to Reds bet about that. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure if you want both goalkeepers to score an overhead kick outside the box, I can get you better odds than one hundred and one. I'm confident of that. I'm Perfect. confident that I'll get on to the lads tomorrow. See if we can get you the bet. Will you? Uh, Let's I not push you. one one. No, you've been positive or negative here. Yeah, no, I've been. That's him being positive. Center. That's him being negative. Yeah. Center, center. <laughs> center. I take it right. I know everyone said got four for four. It's a great start. It's a statement, etc., etc. A win on Saturday is a statement. 
Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with going to Spurs and taking a draw. No, there's nothing at all. But, but if we get a win, we're going to bash them. Kane had a little semi pop after they win. Kane has a semi. Kane on a semi. Who now? What did you say, Harry? We went a whole an hour and a half without offending people, and then. Fat tongued fucker. Oh, seriously, Honestly, he was stoned by ten hornets on his tongue before yeah, he went on that interview. Oh, no, he had a little pop after the and you know, after the game with he all Trafford saying other teams. That's a statement, and other teams haven't beaten any top so like, blah, you said some shit. Anyway, and then so. they went down and got beaten by. Then they got beaten by. Famous last word. Yeah. Um, I think we lose three now. Solid. Solid. And Harry Kane, just because I've taken the piss out of him now, he'll score a hat trick. Oh, hey, yeah. Harry Kane. Somebody explain to me Harry Kane. You're Harry Kane to get four. Yeah. <laughs> explain to me Harry Kane. Somebody explain to me why he scores gold because he's no technique. He's just oh, a big God. lumbering oaf that falls over the place and all of a sudden it's there's funny, nobody in his no, way. It's funny you're, you're bringing that up. I've got a mate who's a Spurs fan, has a half, has a, half a season ticket. And he's telling me years he does. Which half of the season does he go and see matches in? They, they rip the ticket in half. Right. And then neither of them go in. And he just he said uh, he he's been saying years that his build up play, his general play is absolutely Pull. appalling. But he scores goals. goals. He scores goals. No one gives a shit. He scored thirty premiership goals a season. No if he gets shit. half a chance he scores. Sounds shit. If you say something that sounds shit, you say it with England. You say it with England. I'll relay the message to the lads. He's a six foot three goal poacher. That's what he is. Like myself. I don't understand Harry Kane. Oh, I, mean, this, I, I, I was hoping to go to Real Madrid because when he turns up at Real Madrid. Imagine, Madrid. <laughs> Real Madrid. Imagine <laughs> the start, the circle in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, Harry just comes out with Maybe. 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 What we're missing is he drops the tongue. Uh, yeah. and knocks the ball away that's how we're not seeing these little movements it comes <laughs> the ball in the net so mm. no. <laughs> he says something the lads are just going what's that he's a big dawdaw head he's fucking getting a hat trick anyway right um, that is the, the <laughs> that is the Tuesday club um, of course you've been joined by <laughs> Stephen <laughs> Daly Jamie Holm and Shane Davron or Clavo as he's known by Liverpool teammates um, I have been your host Phil Casey this has been brought to you in association with Redsbet thanks for watching thanks for joining in um, we'll see you all again next Tuesday coming up this weekend this weekend the cop table will have their pod out on um, Friday uh, previewing the sports match and then on Saturday there might be a final whistle if we can find if someone who... If we can get Jamie out skills on. If we can get Jamie out skills on, yeah. If we can find Jamie someone who could do... Uh, I don't know what I think about the game. <laughs> if, if anyone could do a uh, final whistle, do you want to get in touch with me? Uh, <laughs> 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 do something there. Steve Brown, you I don't count. Great. You can't do it off a phone. I'm going to tell you this over and over again. Right? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve. How do I do it off a phone? It doesn't work. Um, and then on Sunday, the Fatback Four will be back. And the Fatback Four are coming from their new home, which is here. And Gavin's going to be here doing it as right well. There. Literally right here. Actually, where, where Shane is sitting. It's going to be there right down right. there. Down. Um, so the lads will be on on Sunday as well. And then we'll be back with you next Tuesday ahead of... Actually, what are they getting? Is it the midweek match next week? No, I think it's the week after. Champions League starts next. Is it yeah, next week? Yeah, Sorry, really I'm a week away. So it's, it's Spurs, PSG, Southampton. So it's PSG Tuesday Wednesday? It is Wednesday, Wednesday I believe. Wednesday. Wednesday. Shit, how do we not know this? We're so poorly Okay, researched. so whatever day the PSG game is, we'll be on after that match. Yeah, we're going to go live straight after, after the game. game Thanks for watching. You've all been great. Loved your comments. We'll see you next week.
on May 28th. Critics rave. A Quiet Place Part 2 is the experience theaters were made for. A Quiet Place. Rated PG-13. May 28th. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub. And start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Sports Social Podcast Network.